welcome to episode 37 of the Adeline Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah, Doc, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Secret Warriors number 10, Black Bolt number 8, Royals number 12, and Once in Future Kings number 5. Howdy, boys. Hello. Howdy. So, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last night, because I feel like we need an obligatory Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. It was kind of like a slow episode, and then the end went kaboom, and it was fucking awesome. That's all. <laughs> the um, there was something I was, was, was going to mention to you directly, Saren. Um, uh oh. There was apparently uh, you lost you lost a gift war or something last last night. I did not lose a gift war. I gift started war. a gift war. But apparently you I, lost it. I wasn't trying to participate in it. Yeah. I just started it between Faye and Sista in our comic, our fantasy comic lead that Adam and I participate in. And Faye made a comment that, you know, they're awesome with their gifts or whatever. And I was like, nah, nobody can top Sista Geek in Wakanda. That was, that's one of the Yeah, divisions. apparently Wakanda lost. Apparently Wakanda sucked. Uh, Anyway, that being my home team, even though I am no longer on Team Wakanda and I am now Team Nowhere. All I will say Wakanda is to all our so listeners, all our listeners, if you're interested in joining a Fantasy Comics League, the Mixed Marvel Arts, um, they do a podcast and they do uh, that this league every month. It's really good to join and we're looking for some more European people. We're looking so, for more people, uh, yes, in, in more European, but also more people in general. So yeah. if you're familiar with fan, uh, fantasy sports leagues, like fantasy football and baseball and basketball and all of that, uh, we do it, but with Marvel Comics every month. And uh, the winner of each division um, for each uh, section of the year, because we break it up into four sections every year, uh, will get a prize. So uh, if you want to participate, follow at Mixed Marvel Arts over on Twitter. Um, we're good people. Are we're constantly growing, um, and people uh, and are welcome to join. Just uh, give them a shout. Yeah, sorry about that, Doc. I kind of interrupted you earlier. Um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fine. You guys want to talk about your your fantasy league some more? Let's go no, ahead. No, we got it all out of our system <laughs> now. It's all gone. No, we got it all out of the system. He had to bring up the gift board that I started. <laughs> yeah, I was I was told to say that basically. But um, ah, gift yeah. So, 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 basically... hey, so check it out, guys. Um, real quick, in actual inhuman news, uh, some some exciting news to go along with the uh, regular bad news. Um, starting <laughs> up next year, uh, Marvel is launching a project called um, Marvel Rising: The Secret Warriors. I and thought it was a movie. A... Well, it's a series of six uh, four-minute shorts that will be followed by an animated feature, um, and it stars a host of uh, young and new heroes, uh, including a number of Inhumans, uh, Miss Marvel, Quake, Inferno, and Lockjaw, along with um, Squirrel Girl, Spider-Gwen, Miss America, mm-hmm. and uh, the New Patriot. Um, and it looks very cool. Oh, and then yes, they're all going to be uh, sort of mentored by Captain Marvel. Um, and, and for the, the record, too, I'm going to interrupt too. If you're a fan of Agents of Shield, uh, Chloe Bennett is voicing Quake on these shorts, and Ming Na Wen is voicing the villain. So, oh, great! Well, do, you know, that um, awesome? do you know what I, I did I read? Was that um, apparently um, 
isn't there so someone in in Runaways? Isn't there like Miko? Yeah, I, I, she's voicing the character in the Marvel Rising series, I think. Right? Well, yeah. Well, is she? Because so did they get the girl who plays Nico to voice Nico too? Because I, that's I, what they did with Chloe. Yeah, that's what I heard. Right. And uh, but the thing was, is oh, the, the, the woman, the woman that voices um, Spider Gwen, is also being introduced in Agents of Shield, and I don't know. Yeah, if she's... she's playing. She's Sonara. She's the the bad Cree. Ah, uh, okay. So she's not she's not Spider Gwen then. Right, and Spider Gwen oh, is the, Ghost the... Spider, which is interesting. They're not using Spider Woman, so I'm intrigued mm. by that. So I don't know if Jessica Drew is actually going to be showing up or not. Why they gave Gwen Ghost Spider, but I'm kind of annoyed that they didn't use Jessica Drew and they're using Gwen instead. But I'm going to leave that I th- for another. I think thing. they're they're using they're purposely using uh, young characters. I think this yeah. program is meant to uh, yeah, you're uh, appeal right. to a younger audience. Um, introducing uh, a next generation of characters to a next generation of readers. It looks like it's going to be pretty fun. And I am, uh, I'm excited that, uh, you know, with the news that uh, Secret Warriors will be ending with issue 12, I'm excited to see that at least a portion of the crew will be moving on yeah, and we'll not fading off into limbo. Um, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm still holding out some hope that Saladin Ahmed is, is writing a... In humans team book, but nothing has been announced yet. So mm. you know, there's still a little bit of still a little bit of hope in my mind. But uh, a big, right. big, big, big news is that Fox have been bought out by Disney. Although the film and TV arm have been bought out by Disney, <clears throat> which means X Men, Fantastic Four, and uh, more importantly, Excalibur and Captain Britain and that sort of stuff are all coming back to Marvel. <laughs> More importantly, yes. More importantly. <laughs> the, the most niche it characters is, uh... in the whole of Marvel. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, it, it's it's. Uh, I mean, monopolies are rarely a good thing for the entertainment business or any business. But I am excited to see the Fantastic Four and X Men uh, reincorporated um, as intellectual property rights for Marvel Comics because it means that we will probably get a Fantastic Four book soon and some fresher stories in the X-Men books, and that's great. Oh, um, by the way, it's not Nico in uh, that right in that Secret Warriors Rising. It's Miss America Chavez. Oh, okay. Yes. That's fair enough. I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's good things and bad points about this deal in the fact that We've obviously had the Fox Men um, series, uh, the X Men Fox, whatever you want to call it, um, and it's kind of like there's been there's been mentions about how they can be incorporated into the MCU and whether they'll be you know considered like a like a multiverse kind of thing. Um, I doubt it. Um, you I know, doubt there's it still too. a good year's worth of paperwork that has to be done before anything can move forward. So, uh, the gifted. Legion season two, the New Mutants movie, and the X Men Dark Phoenix movie will all go through normal um, and be in on air and in theaters just as regularly scheduled. Um, and around then, um, uh, the second part of Avengers: Infinity War will probably be in a part production. So, oh, Infinity, uh, Infinity the War MCU. Is, um... So I must say, Infinity War is uh, the second part. You know, uh, Avengers Four is filming now. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that the MCU will have a decision to make. 
Should they incorporate these new characters like the FF and the X-Men, or should they reboot the entire um, canon or, or continuity? I hope they choose the former, because I think that uh, uh, it offers a really neat opportunity to build forward. Um, uh, knowing and, Kevin Feige, I think that's probably what he would do. See, I would say reboot. Right. Unpopular well, opinion time. I, uh, I, no, I just I, honestly, I, I could care less about the X Men, and I know I'm going to get shot down for this. I really could but, care uh, less, and I'm see, wondering what it's going to mean. See, the thing is, I like the X Men. I like the Well, I'm worried about what it's going to mean with the Inhumans and Agents of Shield and stuff. I, what, I think, you know, for me, I'm I'm actually quite excited about the the next like the couple of books that are coming out for the X Men, like Phoenix Resurrection and X Men Red. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I, I agree, Sarah, and it's it's. It kind of sucky, but then again, we had a really bad—well, not really bad TV series, but we had a really, really mediocre TV series just a minute, you know, a few months last month. Yeah, um, I know. So I, <laughs> I, I feel a bit down about the I, whole TV movie situation because we're not having our favourite characters back on screen. You know, it, it's more or less, you know. Uh, no, we are in some respects because the it's just in an animated movie format. Um, yeah, true. I think, um, you know, I, I was an Inhumans fan long, long before this whole initiative to make them a bigger part of the MC, uh, of the MU. And, uh, I kind of had no illusions that it would eventually revert, revert back to the status quo and they would go back to being more fringe characters. And, you know, uh, these things happen, but I'm, it doesn't, it can't take away that we had this great time with all these great books. And, um, we, we, made this, we made this great podcast. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yes. But uh, we'll still have now stuff I to talk will about get even. I will get um my feathers ruffled if they decide to like retcon various characters like Miss Marvel or um or Quake and decide to make them mutants instead of inhumans. That would bum me out, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think so. No, I, I, I think, think I, I think they've kinda they did it before with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver reverted them from being mutants to being like subjects from the higher evolutionary. Yeah, so and that, that, uh, yeah, the backlash to that was and just I, huge. I see that um, being undone pretty soon now. Actually, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, uh, you know that's that's quite good because it kind of suggests that w- the the MCU actually kind of has seeds for X Men. Um, and we could have like Ultimate X Men as opposed to uh, we're not don't take the whole Ultimate X Men stuff just just right. take their basis and their origin just don't take <laughs> the storylines. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. They've got a lot of interesting decisions to make, and um, it, it could be quite cool. Um, and and yeah. you know, I know you guys are. Neither of you are, are big Fantastic Four fans, but man, that is the shit. And if that can be done right, I'll tell oh you boy. what. I'll tell you what. If if in the next well, year, well, if they can do the Fantastic Four, I can see if the, the Fantastic Four start to become a thing in the movies, I can see them moving the Inhumans from TV to movie. Uh-huh. Maybe. I I were uh, yeah, but in all honesty, though, if if a new Fantastic Four book comes out in the next year or so. I, I will get it just for you, Doc, and I'll see if I enjoy it. <laughs> well, thank you. A whole two pounds. Should we talk, my Should we review some comics? Yes, we should. <laughs> so, what are we on? Um, so, what was this month? Secret Warriors ten. Look, Black Pot look, Doc's keeping us on track today. Royals twelve. Not me. 
Once a future kings. So do you want to do you want to uh, get us started with uh, Secret Warriors ten, Doc? Oh, sure, sure. What an intense that was. What a, what a fun issue. What, it was a fun issue. I thought I enjoyed it. Yeah. It yeah. This is uh, some mayhem. I mean, the 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 last issue ended on such a, a dreadful uh, cliffhanger, and um, um, for it to change. Oh, well, anyways, I'll tell you what happened. Um, the last issue did end on this terrifying cliffhanger as it was revealed that the inhuman children that the sinister and the dark beast had abducted had been transformed into living bombs uh the boy that the warriors had returned home was activated and he blew up and it looked like the warriors were 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 engulfed in the explosion but it turns out that thanks to magic's teleportation skills teleportation powers they are able to escape but we have to assume the kid and his family were all killed which is just awful Um, right in in the fallout uh the uh, the authorities have investigated and they've tracked the uh, kids back to um to the dark beast secret laboratory and there it's found that there's all this scientific uh, equipment that can be traced back to the unilex corporation a conglomerate that was founded led by and staffed by inhumans um so this has left uh the unilex looking like uh they maybe they have ties to a terrorist faction um and it makes the uh the um secret warriors themselves be suspected terrorists as well uh, it's all quite dreadful. Um, so the the story actually has two parts. The issue, um, and I'm gonna instead of doing it in, in terms of how it unfolds in the book, I'm just gonna do one after the other. Um, in in Venice, Italy, there's the uh, Unilex corporate headquarters, and they're being connected to this to these attacks in America. Um, the authorities are converging on it, and um, uh, Ahura, uh, the son of, of um, Black Bolt and Medusa, who is the current chief executive officer, officer of Unilex, is like, uh, we're in a lot of trouble, people. And Karnak's like, yes, um, it's kind of uh, my doing. <laughs> sorry. But, but he's uh, not. <laughs> he's not sorry. Anyways, he, he's uh, engaged this intricate um, shill scheme where um, he's got all their assets uh, tucked away into different um, extra jur- jurisdictional um, banks and holdings and whatnot, and that um, if if Ahura gives them the okay, he can take all their allocations and and move them into these uh, corporate holdings that will keep the uh, company safe. Um, and Ahura's like, all right, fine, do it. Um, unfortunately, uh, Karnak's plan does not make any allowances for the employees, so Ahura and everyone else who work there are arrested, except for Karnak, who for some reason is not arrested. And it's, uh, it turns out that the whole thing was actually, um, an intricate plot that Karnak used to seize entire control of Unilex. Why? I don't know why. We'll find out, I guess. Meanwhile, back on New Adelan, the Secret Warriors are recovering from the terrible ordeal of the kids blowing up. Uh, led by ISO, the forces of New Adelan have succeeded in rounding up the remainder of the children Sinister had abducted, and they now have them in these healing pods that will ensure their safety and undo whatever Sinister had done to them. Uh, ISO sort of chides the warriors for, make, for their poor decisions, suggesting that it would have been smart for them to have the kids checked out before sending them home, which I guess makes sense, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. 
Many of the Inhumans of New Adelan don't seem to be too happy with the Secret Warriors. Uh, the Warriors had led the charge to liberate New Adelan during, at the end of Secret Empire, but uh, now their actions have left the Inhumans suspect in a string of terrorist bombings. And on top of that, uh, Naja and Grid are still quite bitter towards Inferno for his abandoning them at the beginning of the Secret Empire takeover. Uh, magic, magic doesn't have much interest in the affairs of the Inhumans, but she still feels responsible in that the Dark Beast had escaped custody on her watch. Uh, she's committed to making things right and ensuring that both uh, the Beast and Mr. Sinister face justice for their terrible acts. And to this end, Magic gathers up Inferno and the two teleport to Venice to try and confront Karnak. Also, she takes dun, dun, the TV dun. remote with her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the two don't find Karnak uh, and instead uh, encounter Ahura, uh, who's in the midst of allowing Karnak to transfer all the holdings into the dummy corporations. He doesn't realize yet that Karnak's going to betray him. Uh, a quick and really coolly illustrated skirmish uh, arises between Ahura, Inferno, and Magic um, when Ahura refuses to allow them access to Karnak. Uh, the police, the Italian police are closing in and Magic and Inferno realize they're not going to get the answers they seek. As they leave, however, Ahura does offer Inferno a clue, noting that Mr. Sinister may likely be found at this specific abandoned shield facility in the States. Um, the two return to New Adelan, where they are once again admonished by ISO. Inferno, Inferno or Dante, he, he's had it, and he storms off. And Miss Marvel's concerned for him and wants to go talk to him, but quit. But Daisy's like, no, no, don't bother him. He just needs to. He needs some time to cool off. Yeah, cool off. <laughs> cool off. So sometime later, Miss Marvel, Kamala, she brings some lunch to Inferno's quarters, um, and we get a quick uh, cameo from uh, Mosaic. So it's nice and to see that Frank, he's. Frank, okay. I think Frank. We get a cameo Frank from is there Frank too. McGee. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Frankie's my boy. So so. <laughs> Kamala uh, knocks on the door to give uh, Inferno uh, Dante some lunch, and when he opens it, uh, she sees that um, Daisy's in there, and the two have quite clearly just had a roll in the hay. And and <laughs> they Kamala bang. is rather she rather oh heartbroken, God. and Sorry. she leaves in a huff. And Dante's yeah. he's confused. He's like, "What was that all about?" And uh, Daisy's like, "Well, duh, she's, she's got a total crush on you." Um, because she's super uptight and you're laid back and you are always without a shirt. And he's like, oh, I don't, God, I didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> Daisy then, Daisy then, <laughs> sorry, <That's laughs> you're done. <laughs> so, Dante's like, well, so what is this about, you know, you and me? And, and Daisy's like, yeah, there is no you and me. This was just hookup nothing more and she's super harsh in it she she tells him she's not interested in in having a uh, a make-a-wish boyfriend um that uh um this is just a hookup nothing more but she does it so harshly that i feel like she's overcompensating that she doesn't want to allow herself to become close to anyone else because everyone she's allowed herself to become close to has been killed and um, so she's protecting herself, and by doing that, she she really um, gives uh, poor Dante a really hard time, and he storms off like you're a jerk. Anyways, meanwhile, uh, Moon Girl 
reveals that the whole time she's left Karnak's son Lear in the care of her pal, Devil Dinosaur. And it turns out that <laughs> Devil Dinosaur is the <laughs> That's best a good idea. ever. Well, it was a good idea because he's a great babysitter. I mean, next yeah, to Steve true. from Stranger Things, he's the best babysitter. They just <laughs> eat ice cream and hot dogs and have a good old time. Um, sure. With with Magic's aid, uh, Moon Girl goes and recovers Lear and Devil D bring them back to New Adelan so that they can continue playing Connect Four. Um, still stewing over Daisy's comments, uh, Dante walks up and says hello to Lear. And Lear, he feels partially responsible for Sinister having abducted uh, Dante's niece. You know, of course, none of this is Lear's fault, but he still feels that had Sinister been able to utilize his own Lear's genome to unlock the secrets of Terra Genesis, then Sinister would not have needed to abduct Ariella as a bargaining chip. Yeah. So Dante tries to convince him, Lear, that he has no need to blame himself. And Lear explains that what Sinister truly is looking for is a means to fulfill his goal. What he wants is a sample of Terrigen. And then he gives this, he he, he relates this riddle that his father used to tell him uh, it's not a very difficult riddle. It basically says that any that when the inhuman peoples bowed bowed down before the throne, they were actually kneeling in front of Terrigen, and and that <laughs> obviously there's a Terrigen crystal hidden inside the throne. So it's not a difficult riddle at all. Even Dante is able to figure it out, and um, he he makes a rash decision. He goes, he destroys the throne gets the crystal, steals a jet, and flies off to confront Sinister, hoping that he can uh, trade the crystal for his niece. Um, now, him having done that causes a huge security ruckus, and um, Iso and Frank and Nadja all um, uh, attack, or not sort of attack, they, they, uh, they converge on, what, on the remaining warriors and are like, hey, What's going on here? What? Why did? Why did Inferno do that? And uh, that's where things uh, end uh, to be continued in the next installment. Um, so wild, wild story. So, um, so, so there was one thing that I really wanted to comment on was like the the <laughs> the little mug shots right on the second page. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's just like they all look so derpy. It's like it's just so good. I, it was good. Honestly, I, I got a kick out of that. I started. I really like magic in particular. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, she's probably most accurate in that uh, in that lineup. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's uh, was it Javier? Uh, was it uh, Garon? Yeah. Yes, he's done such a good job on this on this book, like r- ridiculously good job, just with like the inbuilt hu- humor and that sort of stuff. I mean, it's it. It actually took me until this issue to realise that Karnak has got like a like a uh, like a beard going on, and I can't believe it took me this long to realise that. Mm-hmm. And it's just Pretty like beard, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it looks so stupid. Well, you know the well. scenes the scenes with Karnak are actually illustrated by Will Robinson. Oh, okay. Well, Will Robinson does a really good job as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the illustrations are hilarious because. Um, uh, Javier Garan, he utilizes this sort of like exaggerated facial contortions to use as sort of punchlines to the jokes. So like, um, 
you know, like uh, when when Lunella finds out that Dante and 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 Daisy had yeah. had uh, hooked up, or, the look you know, you on her face when, is just when Miss Marvel. No, no. It, well, it's Ms. when, when like, yeah, they weren't. When Mugen is like, ew. <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just she's just like so grossed out. It's just a wonderful look on her face. the The writing and art really matches up well for those scenes, as as terms of uh, you know, sort of like a uh, punchline type of deal. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I think this book is it's such a shame that it's going to end. Um, sorry it to put is. a downer on it, and, it and I'm glad though that Matt Rosenberg seems to be climbing the. Um, rungs through marvel though because they just keep giving him more yeah. material I, I don't know if you guys have been reading his punisher book no. i have not he took over for becky clunan right yeah he did it's That's genuinely it's, it's basically the punisher becomes uh well, he gets some war machine armor um so yeah. it becomes like the, the war machine punisher it's it's brilliant um okay yeah, so, I, I, well, I, I'm really. Well, his, I, I like his. The bank is a problem. Is, I hear is phenomenal. I, yeah, I've heard that as well. Have you been reading yeah. it, Doc? Which one? Four kids walk into a bank. Oh, I've, I've I have read about it, but I haven't I haven't had a chance to check it out. Um, I do love his uh, knack for dialogue. I think he gives everyone oh God, a very yeah. unique voice, and it's very snappy and fun. Um, That's why I love Secret Warriors, though, because just how they all talk to each other. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like he's he's pretty much gone through every single one of like the individual characters previous appearances and just kind of like captured them because yeah. miss marvel yeah. is 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 still that kind of that teenage girl that g willow wilson writes about in her own book and it's i like how it flows and it's yeah because some 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 writers don't seem to do that as much or at least they try no to you get that with across... a lot of writers where, where you can just trade the voice bubbles and they're yeah. just relaying plot points here everyone has a very distinct voice and you know if there wasn't the arrow that points from the voice bubble to the character you would still know who's saying what because right because their voice is so distinctive um and it just it does a wonderful job of developing the characters um uh, even though some of these characters they appear in other comics and they have their own story arcs going on elsewhere um they still get a nice, you know, they developed in terms of how they interact with each other. Um, and it is really neat. I mean, I think the heart of the book still remains Daisy. Uh, oh, that's the character that, that Mr. Rosenberg is most interested in. Um, and I found the, the, the decision making with, uh, 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 with hooking her up with Dante to be quite interesting because, you know, they'd been flirting a little bit here and there and then boom. The, I, I wonder if, if, uh, the fact that there's only two more issues left, uh, sort of uh, dis- made him decide to, uh, uh, expedite the process of having them hook up. He could But have. no sooner, no sooner do they do hook up and then Daisy is rather forward. That's, like, letting... dude, that's all it was for. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that her being so harsh, uh, that she's trying to protect herself. You know, everyone oh, yeah, Daisy has cared for has been taken away. Um, unfortunately, Dante, he's, he's kind of thick. He's, he's an impulsive guy, and I think it goes right over his head that she's probably just trying to protect herself. And so he takes it really hard. Yeah, but he, and he, he is, like, like, forgive me for saying this, but he, 
he's a bloke. <laughs> it's kind of like if if I was in that situation, I would want something maybe meaningful, well, meaningful to come out of that. But right, but then yeah. there's also Daisy, who's good at manipulating, and she knows what kind of person Dante is, so she just played the card the way she felt she needed to play it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's just kind of yeah, he was he was thinking potentially of one thing, getting it, and then thinking it was something else, but it wasn't. Now, Miss Marvel fans will likely object to this idea of Kamala having a crush on Dante. You know, Kamala, she doesn't want to date anyone. She's rather traditional in her attitudes towards romance, seeing it as something that, you, you know, that should be waited upon. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't stop her from having crushes or passing fancies or whatnot. I mean, she crushed pretty heavily on Kamran and then later Kareem in her own series. Um, tall, dark, and handsome is definitely her type, and Dante very much fits the bill. You know, it's he's too old for her, of course, but it doesn't mean that doesn't stop her from being kind of hurt seeing him hook up with Daisy, especially since Daisy, in terms of her attitudes and values, is so much Kamal's opposite. Um, right. It's you know, it's a soap opera trope, but it's the kind of soap opera trope that I'm just a sucker for. And with the the way that um, Rosenberg writes the script, coupled with how Garan uh, illustrates the characters and their faces, it was just absolutely engrossing, and um, I loved it. Oh, yeah, you, uh, you you Secret Warriors sucks you in, and then you're like, yeah. oh, it's over, and then you're sad. Well, no, we still yeah. got two more issues. I know. Two more issues. Well, the issue yeah. was over, and then you're sad. The issue—it's like having yeah. a really good book you don't want to end when you pick it up and read it, and then you get to the end and you're sad. Do you know that's yes. that's over. just that's just the thing with comic books, though. It's like uh, you know, as we'll come on to sort of Blackpot in a second, but Blackpot did exactly the same thing. It was just like it was yeah. so, such a hard hitting book for like twenty odd pages, and like you know, you think if this was in a novel, it would be kind of like half a page of dialogue. Right, <laughs> maybe, and you know, and you just think the amount of stuff and emphasis they can get into twenty pages of or twenty four, twenty five pages of comic book is just insane. It's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, but um, it's what makes the medium special. Marvel's yeah. artists, a uh, stable of artists for the Inhuman books, has been amazing. So I'm yeah, we've been we've been absolutely spoiled. spoiled. Been amazing. Let's move right on to Black Bolt. Just for oh, yes. so yeah. good! So, so, I love Kristen Ward and oh. your art too. <laughs> I can't wait to get my so, print. I'm just saying. I've said it. I can't wait to get the print I bought. Oh, could be great. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. So this so issue sees Black Bolt finally returning home. He's his uh, after uh, a prolonged. Um, his time in prison and then the the journey home. He finally uh, arrives, um, and um, it, you know they're 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 flying in an ancient inhuman spacecraft, um, and uh, they're hailed by ISO of New Adelan saying, "Who are you? You know what are you doing here?" And um, before they land, uh, Blinky. Blinky feels like it's probably a good idea to do a quick telepathic sweep just to see what the Earth is like. And this treats us to this wonderful splash page from Christian Ward of uh, Blinky kind of um, taking a, you know, just putting her foot in the water of what the what the world is like. And um, we get neat, a, a lot of neat images, I think, of, of uh, characters who will be showing up down the line. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I, I quite it, enjoyed the little splash, splash page of like the little splash bit of 
technology because you've got yeah. like um you've got like the Voyager satellite there. Um yeah. a really cool um robotic arm, a train, car, uh, there's pyramids. Um the only thing I couldn't tell was what that set of buildings was. I I I didn't know whether it's related to the inhumans yeah. or not, so but also, also in there was Doctor Strange and Loki and Mister Sinister and uh, Jean Grey, and I think these are people that he. Well, maybe not Jean. Uh, these are people that um, are going to be guest stars um, in the series moving forward, especially Doctor Strange and Loki, who uh, we know are going to be guests. I think well, we know are going to be guest stars. I kind of, yeah. I Maybe kind they of, are. I kind of hope that Jean Grey might guest star, because I don't know if you've read her ongoing series. That's really good. Just a recommendation. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. she's... It's a great series, but, um... Well, spoilers. Oh, yeah. She's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Dennis Hopeless ripped everyone's star. heart out this week. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. I said spoilers. Yeah, but... <laughs> you should <laughs> plug your ears. <laughs> oh... I quit. Well, she went in a spectacular way too. I... Let's just carry on with the book, shall we? Issue? Let's just carry on with the book. Okay, I've, right. I've been catching up in trade. Okay, I, I've just got the first five issues. I've just read <laughs> them. I was really excited for the rest of them, and just... no, dog. Poor Adam. Just oh. <laughs> gotta be faster, Adam. The minute you hear spoilers, you gotta go. No, 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 no. no! <laughs> Anyway, back to Black Bolt. Well, no one, no one really dies in comics, and and um, well, no, because Phoenix Resurrection uh, happens next, but at the end of this month, start next month, so that's good, right? Right. And I so, look forward to that. I, Please, I think what this. we're gonna get with uh, with with uh, Re- Resurrection is is that the the Jean Grey who comes back is gonna well, be kind of a cool. an amalgamation of the two. Anyways. The ship yes. lands, and no sooner does Black Bolt disembark, and he is flanked by the security forces of New Adelan, including your buddy Frank. Yes, <laughs> again, um, they all have again. their weapons drawn at the ready, ordering that Black Bolt surrender. This is not the welcoming he was expecting, uh, but the reasons soon become clear. Uh, following the departure of Medusa's team uh, in the Royals, uh, it was made evident that uh, Maximus had had tricked everyone and had uh, assumed Black Bolt's identity. And now all of these, um, all the Inhumans of New Adelan assume, oh, this must be Maximus still in, in disguise. And so they're yelling, you know, Maximus, stand down. And, you know, Blinky tries to, to use her powers to let everyone know what's what, but that's, you know, Maximus, that's his whole deal is doing that kind of stuff. So they, they attack and Black Bolt uses his molecular powers to to protect them, and he's like, you know, he has to be very careful because he doesn't want to hurt anyone. Um, and it's kind of a neat scene. Um, so colorful. Oh yes, so pretty. Eventually, um, he he is able to get everyone to realize that uh, that this that he's who he is, um, and um, it is. Uh, it's, everything gets chilled out. Um, yeah. Now, uh, an interesting scene occurs afterwards. They're like, "Oh, welcome back!" And then this, you know, this one citizen who's a new inhuman. He's like, "Hey, where have you been, uh, jerk? You, you, you know, we got a, uh, we got taken over by Hydra. They put us in internment camps. It was awful, and you weren't here to help us. You're no, 
you're no good. You're no, you're, you're just a, you're an irresponsible deadbeat. And he's kind of right. And Black Bolt pretty much accepts the insult in his usual stoic manner. He offers no excuse and it's like, yeah, sorry. Uh, within the palace, Blinky utilizes her psychic powers to show Iso the great ordeal that she and Black Bolt had endured and, uh, the tortures and all this stuff and, um, and it's just pretty neat. Um, Iso brings in Panacea to offer, uh, to treat their wounds. The first she cures, uh, Lockjaw, uh, who's still being, he's still recovering from getting shot by the spider. And Lockjaw offers, uh, uh, Panacea a nice big old sloppy lick. Uh, and this is the first time I've ever yeah. seen Panacea, uh, smile. You know, usually she's just got that, that kind of muted affect face, but she actually smiles when she gets licked by, uh, by, um, uh, Lockjaw. Uh, next, Panacea uh, um, heals up Blinky, who I guess is probably suffering from malnutrition or something like that. And she notices that there's some mis- mysteriousness to, to Blinky, that, that although she appears to be a child, her cells seem to be that much, much older. And we don't know what this means. This is probably a mystery to be touched upon some point in the future. Right now, we can only wonder what this means. Finally... Pan lays her hands on Black Bolt, and it's kind of an unnerving reversal of roles for for Black Bolt. He's he's not used to receiving aid in this fashion, and um, he kind of like knocks her hands away, like, "Hey, no, this is I am to be I'm the response. I don't need to be taken care of." Um, nevertheless, he, he he his powers aren't what they used to be. His voice is all but gone. Uh, it could be healed, but um. Uh, his 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 wounds might be more psychosomatic in nature, as Panacea notes that that a lot of what's ailing him might actually be psychological. Um, but he doesn't want to deal with it. I'll say it's almost like uh-huh. um, you know the the whole jailer thing in the first act was like repent your crimes and that kind of stuff. Maybe it is almost his mind telling him, yeah, you do need to think about what you've done in the past, that sort of thing. Yes, so, exactly. That, that'd be pretty cool. Um, but he, uh, he doesn't, he's not ready to face that quite yet. He, he doesn't, he doesn't want to, uh, deal with that as yet. Something that he does have to deal with, however, is, uh, uh, is his son showing up. Um, and this is a pretty intense scene because, uh, um, Ahura, now this is obviously taking place before, um, what's gone down in Secret Warriors because he's still, still in charge of Unilux. Um, and whatever his position in Unilux has, it's allowed him to be made aware of the fact that his dad has re-arrived on New Adelan. It's not exactly a happy reunion. Um, Black Bolt has been a very poor parent to Ahura, constantly giving in to the pressures of putting the well-being of Adelan over the needs of his own child. And this has left Ahura a rather hurt, angry, and surly young man. And uh, not one who's really ready to forgive his dad for his past failings. And meeting Blinky, this child whom his dad seems to have been taken under his wing, only acts to sort of further Ahura's pain and anger. And Black Bolt interrupts Ahura's prattling on and does something the kid clearly isn't expecting. He grabs him and hugs him. Um, hugging him and offering Ahura the kind of affection he's really never he's never received nor expected and he's confused i mean ahura's confused he's like what but then he pushes himself away 
he he's not sure what's going on, and but he's not ready to forgive his dad. Um, and, and um, it's he runs and he walks off in a huff, and Black Bolt is clearly shaken by his his son's departure. Um, and and Christian Ward he does a great job here of just the look of of on his on Black Bolt's face is you know it's just a multitude of feelings, uh, regret and sadness and uncertainty, and it's just all done with a few lines, and it's really nice. It's well done. Yeah, it really. They is. got a job to do. They got to go. He promised Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man, that he would go inform his wife Titana. Uh, how you know how what what has happened to him that he that he didn't abandon her that he was sent away and that he died uh, heroically so uh, Lockjaw teleports Black Bolt and Blinky to the Bronx and this is the Bronx of the Marvel Universe and no one is really all that scared to see these three beings mysteriously <laughs> teleport in there um, now uh, before Black Bolt can make his way to the apartment or whatever where Titana lives, this car comes careening out of the air and crashes into him, pinning him to the ground. He pushes it over and he finds uh, Titana uh, standing over him, demanding to know what has happened to her <laughs> husband. And that's where the issue ends. And she's pissed. Yeah, she's looking. She's looking good too. See, um, see. I love the way that Ward illustrates her. Which which um book did uh, Titania? Is it Titania? I yeah. Titania. I thought it was Titania. Yeah, I think something like that. But what book did that happen in that they get that they got together? Was that um, Secret Wars way back in the day? Oh really? That's it was first introduced. Yeah. I thought that was more recent book, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, they've been dating forever. Oh, okay. I didn't. Um, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I think they they tied the knot in uh, a short-lived series called was it, uh, was it that Illum- Illuminati? Illuminati. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. That's a. But, but they've been an item since the way back within. Boy, I think probably before you were even born, young man. Way back machine. <laughs> yeah. Talking oh, early eighties. Early eighties. Uh, that's well before I was born. <laughs> You're young. <laughs> yeah. I was just in diapers in the early 80s. So. <laughs> okay. Anyway, when in the early 80s it was. That was when, uh, that was when Doc first got a job. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a great issue. Um, you know, it, it's not huge on plot. It's more on just sort of like all these things that we've been waiting to see, such as Black Bolt's return, his reuniting with his son, what's been going on in New Adelaide, and then... Uh, setting things up for the future um, and looking like we're going to get some really cool issues starting next month when um, uh, Black Bolt will be meeting up with Captain America to, uh, I don't know, some sort of reckoning over the whole Secret Empire ordeal. And then after that, he's going to hook, he's going to meet up against Lash. And uh, that'll that's be fun. Wild. Um Christian Ward says that the the covers that he has made for the next two issues are amongst his favorite pieces of work he's done in the comic book medium, and I don't blame him because that one that cover with Captain America is amazing. Yeah, um, there, was, there was something I was thinking about earlier, um, just kind of coming off that with uh, with the art and the kind of the style of the book and that kind of stuff. To me, Black Vault has never really felt like a like a, a a Marvel book, if you know what I mean. It doesn't feel like a well, it's not a traditional superhero book. 
and it hasn't been from oh, day one. Oh, by the way, I'm going to interrupt you right now. Um, Black Bolt was named one of Entertainment Weekly's best comics of 2017. Yeah, and entirely just, just justified. Yep. But I mean, it's, it, uh, it it feels it feels like a like an independent book or something completely detached from the rest of Marvel at least, regardless of who shows up, because it's it's it it's not about superheroics. It's not about um you know the kind of things you see in Captain America or Iron Man or whatever. It's it's just a purely I don't know how to put it. It's just like a it's almost sort of a book. Of, I mean, it's it's almost a book about his redemption, which kind of makes it more emotive and more kind of. Touchy, yeah, you know, touchy feely sort of mm-hmm. book, and I love that. It's no, it really could, could good easily and... been an image title or even a story in one of the sort of halcyon eras of heavy metal magazine. Um, you know, where so like good. it was just cool art and like neat psychological sci-fi stories. And um, yes, it is very much not a traditional superhero book. And um, but we could be getting some more superhero-like stories. In the next no, issue, so we'll see back. what goes on. Yeah, which would be really good. But the the other thing that me and Saren were talking about prior to the uh, us recording this was the fact that Black Bolt and Secret Warriors kind of had the whole the, the same host of characters. Um, they did, yes. And, and I thought that was really nice. It really tied it together quite nicely, especially when you read them together. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good. Um, it was. I thought so. I I think it's cool because it seems like, and I know that. Um, Al Ewing and, and Saladin Ahmed have um, been in contact with their books, but um, I have a feeling that uh, uh, I, I put it this way: I think Matt Rosenberg have also been in. Yeah, I think they've all been oh. in contact. I, I I think that the three books are kind of going to hopefully converge in the next sort of few months with Judgment Day and that sort of stuff coming out of Royals. Yeah, I don't know to what extent the Secret Warriors will be involved in Judgment today. I mean, clearly Black Bolt and the Royals will be. Um, but it's, it's, it was just the, the introduction of ter- uh, the Terrigen Crystal at the end of Secret Warriors was just kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Royals have just gone out into space just to, you know, try and get the Primogen, that sort of stuff, when, wait a minute, there was one in the... In the in the throne room, huh? Really? The throne well, is the Terrigen. Yeah, yeah. But having one crystal really doesn't do much, it's, unless it can be reproduced somehow. Which Maximus knows how. Which we won't forget at the end of Uncanny and Humans. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I mean, you have to give some con- contrition to yeah. plot and do stupidity. Yeah. They needed a reason to go to outer space, and that's the one. So, um, so moving on to the final issue of Once and Future Kings. Um, it was, uh, I mean, beautiful issue with wonderful art. Phil by, Noto, uh, oh Phil, my goodness. Phil Noto, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm gonna, I say every time, it's his fault I read comics. Thanks, Phil Noto. Yeah, there you go. His fault. Um, the, the issue starts off with a, a quick um, flashback to um, when Black Bolt was first born and his powers manifest manifested right with his initial uh, infant cry, which destroyed the birthing center. And these group of soldiers are like, we, you know, gather around like, this This baby is too dangerous. We have to destroy it. And uh, his mother, Queen Rinda, you know, intervenes, forcing the soldiers to stand down, saying, you know, this is my baby. You can't do that. And it flashes forward several years uh, to a pre-adolescent Black, Gull, Black Bolt. He's sequestered in the soundproof chamber, 
And his father has devised this means that allows him to communicate through some sort of neural message that translates into written text. And by way of this, him and his dad talk, and his, his dad is like, look, this is your responsibility. You have this power. Power is responsibility. You have to be the king of, of Adelan one day, so get it together. And Black Bolt's like, I don't want to be king. I want to be free. Let me out of here. And he's like, nope, you're not ready to be free because you want to escape, <laughs> or something like that. Meanwhile, uh, Black Bolt's younger brother, uh, Maximus, is a, a little kid too with great crazy hair and he's sticking his tongue at him and and you know it's even even as a little guy maximus is quite ambitious he he wants the power that his brother doesn't want and this kind of sows the seeds for their uh mutual animosity that will persist for a lifetime uh, the narrative shifts forward to the present in kind of a crazy fashion so what had happened is that um Bentley Whitman, the scientist who would go on to become the wizard, he had developed all this equipment to uh, to take over Adelan with. He had kind of promised Elisha that he was going to use this to free the Alpha Primitives and destroy the slave engine. Um, but actually, he was planning on pillaging Adelan for all of its tech. And so Elisha betrayed him before he could be betrayed using a neuro tranquilizer of some sort to knock him out um and when he comes to the wizard when he comes to he sees all the the collected uh royal family um have met him there and they're like all right what's the deal boss and um also <laughs> um apparently when uh, alicia gave young crystal some ice cream he slipped a mickey in there and she fell asleep and he put her in the closet with lockjaw <laughs> that's a really cute Christ. scene so it's uh, some some strange narrative shifting, but uh, but it's a mix for a cute scene nonetheless. Anyways, um, they're getting ready to go. Triton needs to uh, recuperate, so he takes a bath. <laughs> and um, uh, Karnak's there, and he's like, yeah, I don't know if we can really trust Maximus. And uh, Medusa's like, well, you know what? You know, Medusa has recently learned that Maximus has been taking uh, antipsychotic medication. Actually, they're sugar pills, but we don't know that yet. Um, and Medusa is actually defending him. It's like, you know, he's not Maximus the Mad. He's he just has, you know, some problems. He deserves our our sympathy and compassion. And Karnak he he gives in a little bit. He decides to refer to Maximus not as Maximus the Mad, but rather Maximus the Afflicted, <laughs> which I thought was a really funny bit. Um, I guess I'm alone in thinking that. You do there? <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay. So meanwhile, in the in the tub. Uh, Triton is saying that he had, you know, he had run away from Adelan because he felt stifled there. He felt like he was a prisoner, uh, alienated because of the nature of his transformation, forced to live in a confined setting and what is tantamount to an aquarium. Um, he can tell that Black Bolt feels similarly, that he too feels trapped by his powers, by the circumstances of his position, and suggests, you know, they don't need to return. He and, he and Black Bolt could just stay in the human world and be free. Um, but Black Bolt, he's, he's tempted, but he, he won't go along with it. He, he didn't want to be king, but he still feels burdened by, by his responsibilities. Um, he can't turn his back on this, and he has to 
return and he wants to free the alpha primitives and he wants to make things right and um, because Lockjaw is there, they can. Um, back on Adelan, Alicia has triggered a huge scale revolt and he, he uses all the special weapons that, that the wizard had used, had built for him to, to fight off uh, the guards and Gorgon and the living Terrigen, and it's a whole big battle. And um, they're, they're lo- the Inhumans are losing, but right when um, uh, things seem lost, the young royals appear on the scene and, and use their powers to turn the tide. And um, Black Bolt approaches Alicia, and he's like, he, he proposes a truce. He's like, look, end this revolt, and I promised you that I will promise that I will free the Alpha Primitives. And Alicia, is, he's unconvinced. Uh, he, he knows that Adelan has maintained a caste system for centuries. Even if Black Bolt could facilitate an end to the enslavement, the Alphas would still be forced to toil in the lower rings of the caste system. So he punches Black Bolt in the face and reveals that he's made alterations to the slave engine that will somehow nullify all inhuman powers and that this, he feels, will bring about equality in Adelan. And it might have, but somehow... It might have been, really if it weren't for those meddling kids. Me. <laughs> right, uh, um, Maximus had done some tink- tinkering on the side off-panel that, that used a uh, something, science the tech, and then this big pulse wave goes out and knocks everyone out. I'm not quite sure how this happened, but it happened. Um, everyone got knocked out. Comic book um, science, everybody. And, yes, comic book science. Uh, and that, um, you know, uh, the living Terrigen kneels uh, in front of Black Bolt and says, you know, you're the king, and we never meant, this, this was all just a misunderstanding. We, we, you, we never plotted against you, or blah, blah, blah. And uh, Black Bolt's like, whatever. Um, he says he wants to free the Alpha Primitives to, to abolish slavery on Adelan, um, and that he will only assume the throne if that is allowed to happen. Until that happens, Black Bolt walks alone. And then, quite suddenly, the story ends. And I don't know what's the story here. I kind of feel like originally this series was planned to be eight or nine issues in length, but because it didn't sell well or the TV show did so poorly, they just shrunk it down to five issues. And Christopher Priest was forced to sort of like consolidate all of his plot lines and have them conclude really fast. So everything that was kind of built up kind of gets ended at once in a rather um, unsatisfactory fashion. I mean, I love this series because for the art alone... And I thought yes. there were some really great bits here and there. I, I, I think the dialogue that that priest wrote was was terrific, and and you know nothing matches up with continuity, but that was not a big deal. Um, it was definitely in that, it was definitely yeah. a book that was bought out for the TV show. Yes, put it that way, and and then and then truncated really uh, fast, uh, um, you know, because there was four. Four issues of plot buildup, and then everything got resolved almost instantaneously um, with with the use of exposition and as opposed to anything else. Thing um, is, is, this book was only like it's only like if you don't include the Lockjaw bonus story, which was was actually quite amusing in this one. Um, mm-hmm. It's only nineteen pages long. There's only nineteen pages of content, and in most other books, there's at least twenty five. Yeah. Just kind of like, oh, yeah. 
So you, twenty. Got... I think it's like a twenty-page limit, but some books they allow them to go longer. Like I know he's they're allowing like Rosenberg Secret Warriors to be a little bit longer, but in my experience, they have a twenty-page limit. Yeah, that's, well, that's true. But I mean, even with two ish, two uh, two pages of that Lockjaw story every month, which I'm not complaining about, but if it wasn't there, we'd have had an extra ten pages of content. Which not is, necessarily. Well, you'd have you'd have basically half an issue extra. So well, it's that's neither here nor there. I mean, I think that um, you know Phil Noto did the art and coloring for it, and you know he can only produce so much at once. Um, you know, you got you got twenty nineteen twenty pages of the Royals, but that was done by like eight different artists to, yeah, that I mean, worked I, together to make that happen. I mean, like. Um... I mean, when you say it was truncated, I think it was truncated too much. I feel like yeah, it could but have that been... was the plot. Yeah, but I feel like it could have been you know you could have got a little bit of extra plot in there, in that extra half an issue that you lost through the Lockjaw bonus story. I that's kind of saying. that's kind of what um, I was getting at. I mean, it was a very enjoyable read. Yes. Um, I think it, it's kind of inconsequential because it happens so much out of continuity that we just kind of have to treat it as a Elseworlds tale or a what if. Um, but I'll take um, the, it just for the, the beautiful art and the fun story and just be like, okay, that happened. It could have been better. <laughs> well, yeah. well, actually, I suppose with the whole with the whole slave engine thing, it kind of fits a little bit better due to the fact that it does eventually disappear, I believe. So, well, it, it tries to it tries to explain what was a, a retcon to begin with in right. Mighty Avengers twenty one, which is really a dreadful story. Also, <laughs> um, I mean, I think that 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 um, I'm a big fan of of of, of Slot and Gage. What's his first name? Uh, Christoph Gage and Dan Slot. I think they're both great. But their work on that particular arc of Mighty Avengers was really lousy and it kind of made me cranky because it, 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 um, altered an aspect of the Inhumans mythos that I thought was really important. Uh, namely that whole deal about where the Alpha Primitives came from and what, you know, what Crystal and Black Bolt realized and how they came about to abolish slavery on, on New Adeline and that, you know, this was something that meant a lot to a lot of people back in the day. And it kind of undid that whole story, creating this new character and, and this new origin for the, for the uh, alpha primitives. And then it was because the unspoken had stolen the slave engine that that's why slavery ended on New Adeline. It kind of undid the whole story that, that, um, that was told in Fantastic Four, and I'm just not a fan. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, uh, but yeah, Phil Noto is a fantastic artist, and um, we could just say that. Yeah, but I mean, I'd we'll recommend just... his uh, his Black Widow run. Oh my God, that's is that run? That run is why I read comics. It is so beautiful. Oh my it God, really I love it. I, I, okay, I, te- I technically had it bought I for me for Christmas. All of his work. So, <laughs> yeah, just, 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 yeah, big old brush, everything he's ever done. <laughs> Even, I mean, he did a, he did a series, I, it was from Marvel, he and Charles Soule did a comic book called Star Wars Poe Dameron, yeah. and it was kind of like what happened before The Force Awakens with the, uh, with, um, 
Oscar Isaac's character, and it's just beautifully illustrated. It's just a wonderful science fiction tale, and man, he can draw X-wing fighters with the best of them. It's it's very cool. Highly recommend it. Star Wars: The Last yes. Jedi in cinemas now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Royals number twelve. This is the last issue of the Royals. <laughs> everything. Sad. It was so good too. This is everything in a human book should be. It was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. So the cosmic odyssey comes to its hurtling conclusion in this 12th and final issue of the Royals with a huge team. Al Ewing writing along with Alevro Lopez, Javier Rodriguez, Kevin Lombarda, Jody Bellier, and Jose Villamarada. Um a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but they pull it off. Um, it is insane. I don't even know where to begin. I, I don't either. It's it's just, I guess, do we start with what's going on presently what, and then go what, to the future? How can you split it? Because it's kind you can't really, though. It's That's kind of, the problem. It's the same story. This is what happened. Um, the, the, the royals had come to the world farm. And they bit off more they can chew. They stole some some primogen crystals and managed to escape. Although their escape was facilitated by Gorgon's uh, sacrifice. And uh, Flint has had his powers uh, um, hugely augmented by way of exposure to the primogen. And he's been able to construct this sort of crystalline airsat spacecraft that shoots them through the cosmos. Um, but his powers are great, but they're not great enough to get them home. They can only fly so fast for so long. Crystal, she's, she's using her own powers to create a breathable atmosphere, but it's only going to be a matter of time before they run out of the ingredients needed to produce oxygen. The only way they could possibly make it is to utilize Novar's uh, pocket battlefield technology that sort of bends and warps the laws of physics, but Novar has been terribly injured and he's basically comatose uh maximus says well i'm i might be smart enough to navigate uh novar's technology but uh i might need a little boost i might need to use some primogen um because my inhuman power is my intellect and if i use primogen it'll enhance my intellect and crystal's like yeah no way i'm not going to trust you to do that but medusa's like we have nothing to lose do it go ahead so Maximus takes some of the primogen and sprinkles it on his face <laughs> like crackhead. He's like, come on, my buddy, give me what I want. And um, <laughs> no sooner than it touches his cheeks or whatnot, and he is sent into this weird realm where his older and younger selves converge, and um, it's crazy. Um Within an instant, his mind is flooded with the spectral cascade of memories and visions from his entire history, from pre-birth all the way to 5,000 years in the future, and he is met there by his older self, um, the 5,000-year-old Maximus the Mage, the last inhuman. And this older version uh, takes... He directs his younger self's attention to his last moments on Earth, the, their their last collective moments of life, uh, the day in the distant future when the primogen, prim, when the progenitors finally return to destroy Earth. The narrative kind of switches, spinning forward into the future setting that has thus far only been told in a series of prologues, opening each of the previous issues, the eleven previous issues of the series. 
the earth has been ravaged, the population extinguished, everything's been replaced by mutant monsters and weird alien flora. Um, this is a future where the aged Maximus and Novar the Accuser, they've sought out the Moon King to awaken him and direct his godlike powers to repel the returning progenitors. And the progenitors, they, are, they arrive in this sort of mega dreadnought, which is this huge, cool spaceship that's flanked with uh, sky spears of, of primogen. And now the Moon King, we finally get confirmation, is Flint. Um, and this is what he is turned into in the future, this strange beast made of crystal with a skeleton in the middle. And uh, the progenitor craft descends, it shoots some sort of energy beam, and the Moon King, like, raises his hands and deflects it or absorbs it, or I'm not sure what's going on. Um, it looks uh, kind of like he's no uh, bar. absorbing it, really. Yes, yeah, something to that effect. Now, Novar jumps into action to use his laser shooter pistols to knock off... This is all um, sort of... Uh, speculation but he's i think they never expected to win this fight but what they really needed was some some primogen crystal um so he shoots and knocks off a little bits and pieces uh, that fall to the ground um that uh uh maximus then gathers up um now uh, all the while Maximus is sort of narrating the events to his younger self, and he explains all this wild stuff, that the Inhumans had lived for centuries as the dominant subspecies on Earth, thinking themselves the kings and queens of the planet, but it was all delusion, it was all folly. The progenitors arrived to show them how very small they actually were. Uh, the primogen, the coveted substance that unlocks inhuman higher potential, is nothing special. It's just their batteries, their power source. They, they farm it, they, they grow it, and use it and discard it. The, the progenitors do. Uh, the, the inhumans were they, they were nothing to the progenitors. They're a simple matter of no concern. Uh, they went to the world farm. They broke its main planet in two, and it was just an inconvenience, something that piqued their interest. They saw in them potential, something that they could use to facilitate their own development and growth. Um, and I guess they did. They came to Earth, they jacked it up, they gathered up what samples they wanted and left. And uh, the <laughs> and what they created is shown, and it is just monstrous. Um, a new, <laughs> like, destroyer-class progenitor um, comes out from the spaceship, and it's basically a combination Medusa Black Bolt, and it's just it's grotesque. It's it's Medusa's head and Black Bolt, another head in the chest, and yeah. I can't even give it justice. It's super scary looking. Should I really um, the the comment I really loved, and um, I I don't know whether this was just Al Ewing's comment on the whole Medusa Black Bolt not being together anymore. But it was uh, it, it's funny because everyone really got their wi- uh, got their secret wish. Medusa, Medusa <laughs> and Black Bolt are together forever. Right, apparently, like, oh, it, oh yeah, weird. Yeah. So the 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 skull of Black Bolt in the chest of this giant monster opens his mouth and emits this sonic beam that vaporizes Novar and begins to destroy the entire planet, the Moon King, and as well. And while this is uh, being done, 
the older Maximus finds the little pieces of Primogen that Novar had managed to knock off the spaceship, and he uses he touches it, smells it, and that allows him to commune with his younger self, to reach back through the millennia and and send a message. He basically tells him, "This is what happens. You you have this information. You can change how this how goes it down." Turns out. Right. It's kind of like the Terminator or whatever. You know, they send a message back. Change how right. this goes down. Um, and back, and he, and he says, you know, okay, you're about to be. Uh, you, you, you've you've just absorbed five thousand years of memories. Try not to scream. Of course, he screams, and he's like, ah, oh. he, he's been overwhelmed by all this information. He's almost hysterical, and he's like, oh, we're we're totally boned, guys. We're this, the, the progenitors coming, they know where we live. They're going to come to Earth, and they're going to bring about its destruction. Um, we can fight them, but we're going to lose. We're going to lose because we fight them. We will become them, or they will become us, and we're, we're, we're just weapons to be used. Um, and Medusa, for some somehow this just kind of wakes her out of her stupor. And she's like, you know what? If we can't fight them, then we'll cheat. You know, they are the they're the enemies and they're the enemies of the human people and we will destroy them. And she's all gung ho and ready to go. And um, that's kind of where the issue ends, saying that everyone should tune in to Judgment Day, the the event in January um, that uh, will conclude this whole uh, storyline. And um, now my description does not give justice to. The wild visual oh. feast that this, oh my is. God. So good. this issue is. It is beautiful. Who, who's the art? It's, it's Javier Rodriguez. I, I and think it's Kevin Labranda, right? Well, well they're doing the penciling. Right. And then uh, Alvaro Lopez <laughs> is doing the inking. With uh, Jordi Bellier and Jose Villamaria on colors. And it's just the whole thing oh my God. is a not, visual feast. It's just wild. It's, it's just that, so that colouring that looks like oil and water the and that. Sky. Yeah. The sky. Yes, the sky was like I was like I had to stop when I first saw like how they how they coloured the sky. And I don't know if that was Geordie or or all the colorists together, but I, I don't know. But it was just I was just like, Oh wow, that's really cool. Do you know, I'd love that scene with the whole progenitor ship. I'd like that just that bit. Yes. Yeah, and like just on a print and that would look so cool. Mm-hmm. That whole book, there are so many pages in that book that I would buy as a print. Like when yeah. we first see the world farm, and yeah. and uh, there's just so much in this book that I would buy as a print. I I just wow. I would love for Marvel just one day to do like Javier Rodriguez art book or something. It needs to be done. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they need to do that with Christian Ward as well. And ah, oh, I I would buy the shit out of that. <laughs> Yeah. But do you know what I really liked was the the kind of callback towards the end of the book with um with the Moon King or or Flint, um you know when he touched the the big prong when they're on the progenitor, yes. yeah, he kind of now looks like that, and I thought that was yeah, actually quite t- a nice little callback. He took callback. on that shape as he fought them, which I thought was really interesting. I took on the tuning fork shape. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. But also, I've noticed that Maximus the Mage, as he's called, has also got a tuning fork, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I don't which, know. which is weird because yes, yeah, yeah. 
because the whole. Well, it's... Do, do you remember what um, Jeff Vaughan said about that tuning fork? It was like you know the most powerful in humans seem to have that tuning fork. You know, you have yes. Blackbolt, you have Lockjaw, you have Mosaic, and they're all pretty powerful. You know, they've got pretty incredible powers, and I think that Maximus having it is actually going to suggest, in my opinion, it suggests that he might well be the getting the whole, more the, powerful. But I, I, I think he might be the hero of the Judgment Day book. You know, you're probably right. And I think well, that he's certainly the character that Al Ewing feels the most affinity for. Yeah, I think that's really cool because it's kind of turning Maximus from this image of, um, you know, just sort of, uh, what's the word? Kind of he's bad just, guy. He's not a bad guy though. He's just a bit mischievous. That's the one I'm looking for. Like this mischievous, mischievous. It's kind, kind of, of like a Loki parallel. <laughs> yeah, but but. I think uh, I think it'd be really God good to see how God help us if Loki and Max ever team up. <laughs> yeah, I think was um, Judgment Day One has quite a few variant editions coming out. Uh, well, it has three to be fair. So, yeah, yes, I've ordered I, every I'm single one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so sad though that Royals is ending and we're not going to get any more issues after this, other than Judgment yeah. Day. And I wish I wish there were more because I have looked forward to Royals every single month, and um, I'm very sad to see it ending. I am too. I mean, well, it it you know, I think that it it its downfall was that Al Ewing really let the Inhumans be the Inhumans. You know, there was no well, I don't think that was standard his downfall. Fares. Well, I think what I'm saying is downfall in terms of that he didn't make it more mainstream. He let them be as freakish as they are. And that's only going to appeal to a small subset of the buying public. You know? That's true. This is this is these are he's, these are all weird B sides of David Bowie forty fives. You know, this is just weird <laughs> outre stuff. And um, I love you, know, it. But, you know that that kind of bugs me though because like the the independent books that I get are Curse Words, which is by Charles Soule and Ryan Brown, and I get Back to the mm-hmm. Future. Um, and Back to the Future just hit twenty five <laughs> issues, right? Don't laugh at me. Right. Don't laugh, my. Don't laugh, Doc. <laughs> I love Back Whatever. to the Future. Um, what, like Marty McFly? That yeah. Kind of stuff? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. They've got a comic book. Yeah, they made a comic book. It started um, September uh, 2015. Huh. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So my point around numbers and that sort of stuff is these independent books. Maybe not so much Curse Words because that's an image comic, but IDW do Black uh, Back to the Future, and they've sold maybe five thousand issues of each. And it mm-hmm. just it frustrates me when Marvel cancel books that are, you know, and I say this in in, in quotes, only selling eighteen thousand books a month, and it's kind of like, well, that's actually pretty good. I mean, yeah, yeah, I well, know. it's it's all about how much it costs them to produce it. They have to they have to answer to shareholders and this and that and whatnot. And actually, you know, while we're on the subject, um, both the uh, last month's issue of Secret Warriors and last month's issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur both broke 21,000 units, which was a significant increase for both. Yeah. I don't wow. know what that means, but... Um, I, I think... These are single issues, right, for Moon Girl? Because I thought she was yeah. hovering around 10 or 11K. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, they say it was boosted. Well, they don't. it's not they say. It's likely to have been boosted because of the Fantastic Four turning up. Or uh... at least two of the Fantastic Four. Well, be, I mean, it's not like but... we never see them, but I mean, the thing has been a central character in, in Vince, in, in, in Iron Man. Yeah, in Iron Man and, and the Human Torch has been in Uncanny Avengers. 
Right, um, but they're together now, and I think that's... They're together. Thing. And it's called Fantastic Three, so I think they're... The Fantastic Four fans are trying to get their fix, and maybe, hopefully, those Fantastic Four fans that are picking up are going, hey, this is a pretty good book. Maybe they'll stick with it. Well, I, I, don't we'll think, I don't think Moon Girl is likely to disappear anytime soon due to the fact that oh, it's got no, such, a, such a big backing by like Scholastic and that kind of stuff, so... And it's entirely possible that magic showing up on the Secret Warriors helped boost their sales. Yeah, and Matthew, uh, is it um, Rosenberg is is also like well, you said last month, right in or last episode rather, is right in um, New Mutant. So, right, it can only do good. For well, them. and I also know there are some um, there are some podcasts out there that are reviewing Secret Warriors since Magic showed up because ah. she's an X Men. So. That's probably she's why. cool. She is a pretty cool character. I have to admit. Yeah. But since... now it, it's sorry, Karen. I mean, I think that 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 um, like you say, like uh, the IDW press books and a lot of the image books and Dark Horse, they don't have. They're allowed to be what they are. You know, they don't have yeah. to appease a broad general audience. They they can you know. Let their freak flag fly. And that's what I think Ewing did with the Royals. He let them be as weird. You know, he did not make them into Airsat X-Men. He did not make them into the Avengers. He let them be the Inhumans. And the Inhumans are weird. And they do weird things. And they go on weird adventures. And they're hugely problematic. And it's fun. And But that's roughly going to always... You know, account a very small audience of loyal fans, and um, so maybe the, the the Inhumans are never going to be as popular. Uh, of course, no, they're never going to be as popular as the X Men or the Avengers or the Justice League, but at least they get to be who they are. And right. so I, I'll take I'll take twelve solid issues of real Inhuman action over you know forty or fifty issues of them you know, being kind of squeezed into a round peg and forced to act like X-Men or, right. I don't know, yeah. I think Batman that's, and that's, the Outsiders. That's, you know, I think you've made the point about, um, the similar point about, you know, Charles Soule's run on Inhumans in the fact that they were kind of, it was like a stereotypical kind of team book and all new, X, uh, all new Inhumans rather was a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a stereotypical team book, but. Yes, but know. I liked all new Inhumans because I loved where James Asmus was going with that, with, um, the land and and all of that. I was really digging that, and I'm sad we didn't get more of it. I I just think it's, oh, it was wonderful. It was, but the thing was is that All New and Humans was the best X Men book that's come out of uh, Marvel in the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, uh, but it wasn't an X Men book. It was on the Inhumans, so people didn't read it. Um, I mean, it was brilliant, and and they uh, he really man his goal. James Asmus's goal was to recapture some of that Chris Claremont, you know, awesomeness. And he did it. He did. Um, which, really is, did yeah. which is really admirable. And I think but... a lot of people were pissed that he did it. See, here's the thing. Yeah. He got a lot of hate for that book. I would see when he announced that it was canceled, there were so many people tweeting him and celebrating about the cancellation of it. And no, I'm sitting I, there going, I, they're like, it was a Chris Claremont rap, ripoff. I'm like, how is it? I said... You guys kept saying you wanted something like that again, so they gave it to the Inhumans with this whole new discovery and reinvention of sort of what they are, and it was fantastic. And I think they all liked it more than they let on and hated themselves for it, honestly. So, you know, 
whatever. Well, yeah. they, they had a legitimate bone to pick because, I mean, right. Marvel Marvel wasn't even in talks to reobtain the intellectual property rights for the X-Men. And they were like, okay, we need to, we can't, we don't want to give these awesome stories to the X-Men because that's actually creating material that Fox Films can bank on. So we don't want to, like, you know, give them something that they can use in the competition. So let's make these stories, but let's put new characters in it. And longtime fans of the X-Men were like, that's bullshit. I don't want that. And, and honestly, I mean, why does it have to always go to the X-Men, though? That's my question. Because comic books has a huge novelty factor. I mean, a no. nostalgia factor. People love characters, just like you love Spider-Woman. Yeah, and I... you get angry the way that they're giving roles that could go to Spider-Woman to Spider-Gwen or Silk or right. Well, I wouldn't mind Silk. I love Silk. And I love Gwen, too. But I sit there, I think, just, you know, I understand. I do understand. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't wish for other books to be canceled. Like I'm no, sitting, not sitting here going, bad. I'm not sitting here going, oh my god, I wish Spider Gwen would be canceled. I mean, what the hell? Or I wish Silk would be canceled. What the hell? I would never wish that. And I enjoy those characters and I enjoy those books. I don't. That, that's that's the that's thing. That's what annoys me. And that's the thing. If if you don't enjoy something, you just don't buy it. Like, right? You know, I've I've said this before. IVX really soured me to. Um, both online forums, which debate both, you know, the kind of have big debates about it, but it also soured me to the X-Men for a bit. And I'm only just starting to pick up X-Men books again. <laughs> and it's kind of, that sucks, but if I didn't like someone, I well, wouldn't buy it. And Maybe now that that um, the, the X-Men characters are owned in perpetuity once more by Marvel. The, the fans will go back and they'll pick up a trade of the Royals or they'll pick up a trade of Black Bolt and they'll give, give the characters and the book an honest shot. Hopefully. And, yeah. you know, perhaps in a, a decade's time or five years' time, we'll get a new big Inhumans initiative and uh, we'll get to do this all again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I imagine that we're we're gonna, you know, get some books in the new because we got the lock lockjaw ongoing coming up next year, the five part ongoing. Oh um, yeah, that should be great fun. Uh, That'll I'm really be a lot of fun. I, who doesn't love lockjaw? Exactly. I mean, this this is likely to be what the last episode of 2017 because I imagine that we're all going to uh, go and enjoy our new year. So, mm-hmm. um, so I thought to end the year. Um, who who what what what's your what's been your favorite books? That, that's the biggest question. I think if you could recommend something to go buy for their uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you want, to, whatever you want to celebrate, what would you recommend to go out and buy? Does it have to be a book written in twenty seventeen? Yes, yeah, I'll stick to that. <laughs> yes, it has to be a separate twenty seventeen book because we did a similar we did a similar thing in twenty sixteen, I believe. I think so. Well, definitely well, all, royals. All the- Sorry, Sarah, and you go. Ladies first. Definitely Royals. Definitely Royals. I absolutely loved Royals. Definitely Black Bolt, for sure, um, to go with my Inhumans books. If you want something not Inhuman, Hulk by... Uh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, I can't think of the name today. I don't uh, know why. I know who you mean. Mariko, that's only Mariko. Yeah, that's it. It's because of a T. And I can't... Yeah, I... Some, I'm not going to even try. I'll, I'll butcher it, but it's... That it's, is a fan fantastic it, it, series absolutely it's, it's a little bit of a slow burn 
but uh, especially the first arc, but it's really good. I've been really enjoyed that. Um, what else have I enjoyed? Oh, Jesus. Um, it would have to be those two. I think those are two um, that I've enjoyed the most. Okay, Doc, what would you what would you recommend? Like everyone on my uh, uh, on my list of people I'm buying who read comics who I'm buying presents for, they're all getting Black Bolt Volume One Hard Time. <laughs> um, that is just a great present to give. Um, my nieces and nephews are big time Squirrel Girl fans, and I and I I love and every love issue. Of the unbeatable Girl Squirrel fans Girl too, right? They love Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. They love Miss Marvel. They um, uh, they also really like a comic book called Lumberjanes, which I recommend to everyone out there. It's I've heard of that really one. Really fun to read. Yeah, I hate really Fairyland nice. by Scotty Young. I've heard that it. Yeah, it's a good one. It's yeah. book, but it's like cartoon violence. It's hysterical. That's all. A book I would not give to my nieces and nephews is, is no. Saga, but I love Saga. <laughs> I think that's a great comic book, one of the best every year. It's one of the best titles. Um, Get the Divine. Did, over at over at DC, there's a um, oh, Tom DC. King's Mister Miracle oh. series. <laughs> Mr. Miracle is probably the second best comic book produced this year. Sam Humphrey's uh, um, Green Lanterns was really good, by the way. It's the only DC I, book I've read. So, okay, so for me, um, if we go Marvel, obviously you kind of said Royals, Black Bolt, that sort of stuff. Um, but I would recommend from Image, I'd recommend Curse Words. Because yeah. it is the most stupidest book you've ever read. Because it's about a wizard that's basically like got that hipster look about him, and um, and Charles Soule drove around the country in a van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charles Soule and Ryan Brown went across the country in a van to um, to promote pop, the to book. Promote the book, and also Ryan Brown produced this little pin of um, of the wizard's uh, head, and I, I bought one, and it cost me like twenty quid to get it to the UK. <laughs> It was only like nine dollars, and it was free delivery to. I think it was free delivery to the US, or it was like twelve dollars to or twelve pounds equivalent to get it here. So it was a really expensive pin, but I love it. It's it's such a good book. Um, <laughs> and uh, Back to the Future ended recently, as uh, as I might have previously mentioned the book. <laughs> so Back to the Future is quite. I a heard good about book as well. Yeah, Back to the Future is pretty good. Because um, Back to the Future is written by the guy that wrote the original. Uh, uh, movie series. So, oh, okay. And it started in 2015 with alternate timelines and that sort of stuff. But recently, it's been doing sort of weird alternate timeline kind of stuff, which is really good. But uh, so I know we said we would have um, a contest. Well, not necessarily a contest, but a drawing if you were to email us. But no one's emailed us, Adam. No one's emailed <laughs> us at the show at yeah. adelanderising.com. And I have this Medusa. Hot Topic exclusive Funko Pop that I would love to give away because I have two and I would like to give one of them to somebody. So um, you guys need to email the show at AdelanRising.com and I guess we'll push it back to well, yeah, uh, the how, new year. How about this, right? We we will open it up to those on Twitter as well. So if you if you you know if you want to comment, send us a, send us a message or something. We'll open it up to people on Twitter, email, whatever. Just just send us your comments and we'll dump your names into a box and, and kind of pick out a winner because cause Sarah doesn't want it anymore. 
So I don't want it. Take it off my hands, guys. She's already got Take two. Take it off my hands, um, please. Yeah, and and great. Uh, That's all so, I ask. So so somebody you... must get the home. If you have a black bolt Funko, he needs his Medusa. We're saying that I have two you, black bolt Funkos. You could, you could cut them apart and make a progenitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be brilliant. I'm just waiting for someone to do that now. That'll be funny. Joe, have you ever have you seen those um, Funko Pop key rings? I have. Uh, I've seen the bobblehead ones. I have a Spider Woman one that's not the bobblehead, but it's by them. Yeah, I have. I have four of the little um, key ring ones. I have Nine Man one, a Magneto. Now, and I need to hunt them down and find them. Uh, say that again. <laughs> the crystal and a Karnak one. Oh, okay. that hasn't and been released yet. Just advertised. They're at Hot Topic, and I'm about to buy ten in hopes that Crystal's in one of them. Are they the little... Okay. So, so yeah, if, if you would like... You have to, to drive out to the suburbs to get to a Hot Topic. If you would like to I mean, Only they have those in the city limits. <laughs> if you would like to win that competition, then you can email us at the show at alanrising.com and um, we're on Twitter. Tweet us so if you at yeah. atalanrising1, the number one. Yes, because somebody took at Atalan Rising before we could get it. How so, weird. Yeah, so yeah, so tweet us, email us, um, send us mail. And thank you for listening. You know you want it. Yeah, thank yes, you. Thank, thank you for listening, guys. Have happy holidays, whichever holiday you choose to celebrate this time of year, and until next year. Make sure you go and have a drink on New Year's. Yay. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.